Welcome in to the morning quickie, June 6th. We also get this day started. Last night in Golden State, Toronto steals back home court advantage. Clay Thompson doesn't play. The Raptors faced a must win and they handled business. It was a legacy game last night for Steph Curry. Said that before the game. He had a big opportunity. He's been wanting this finals MVP. <sighs> Has eluded him for so long. Last night, especially in the first quarter, man, he was awesome. He was awesome. Came out firing out of the gate. I think he had 18 first quarter points. Had 47 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. Tried to carry the Warriors, but uh, wasn't enough. Wasn't enough as it was really 2-1, 2-1-5 at all times. Like Draymond was play, Draymond played pretty well, but <sighs> but Demarcus Cousins showed like, hey, um, when you get hurt and you're a big man, and they think you should be playing 10, 12, 14 minutes a game when you play twenty eight minutes a game, uh, t- twenty eight minutes in game two. Going to be hard for you to turn around and be good in game three. He was abysmal. He lost the matchup with Mark Gasol. Mark Gasol was really good, especially early. Kind of helped set that tone. And the Warriors were chasing uh, the entire game. Raptors faced a must win, and they won. Kawhi Leonard set the pace for them. 9 of 17 from the field. 30.7 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Every Raptors starter, though, scored 17 points. Or at least 17 points. Uh, Van Vliet came in, scored 11 off of the bench. Uh, Ibaka had six points, but had two huge buckets in the fourth uh, that you know kind of helped hold off a Warriors run. They had cut it to seven. Uh, Steph Curry got fouled on a three, hit three free throws, got it to seven. Then Ibaka had two buckets to push it back to 11. And that was really the last time that the the Raptors felt threatened. So the Raptors got big performances from seven people, which, by the way, Ibaka with six blocks. Ibaka with six blocks. Uh, the Raptors played really well. Raptors played really well. 17 of 38 from three. That's almost 45%. Danny Green... Kyle Lowry were awesome from three. Uh, they went 11 of 19. Danny Green had a stretch in the third quarter where he really put the game away, hitting three after three. Uh, late in the fourth quarter, or about midway through the fourth quarter, uh, when it was maybe maybe in position for the Warriors to try to get it close, Kyle Lowry would just hit shot after shot. Kyle Lowry was great. And the Raptors get back home court advantage. Now they have to they have to win two games. Two games, uh, and they get, what, four shots at it? Four, five, six, seven. Two of those at home. The Raptors probably like their position. Now we'll see because, of course, you know, Clay Thompson was out. They think Clay Thompson will be ready on Friday. Now there is only one day rest in between. It's not your typical two that we've had so far in this series. Kevin Durant's thought that he will be scrimmaging today in a three-on-three setting, so maybe getting on the practice court, which Steve Kerr said, hey, he's not playing until he practices. So maybe he will practice today. 
But look, I know a lot of people feel bad for the Warriors. Not me. Not me. A lot of people, casual NBA fans, thought, oh, Warriors will sweep this team. Warriors will win in five. And now they don't want to be held accountable for it because they're like, well, Clay Thompson's hurt. What about Clay Thompson? He's hurt. Kevin Durant's hurt. Kevon Looney. All of a sudden, people are acting like Kevon Looney's a huge loss. First of all, Durant's been hurt. And if you didn't know Kevin Durant was going to miss the first three games, you just don't know anything about the NBA or you don't listen to the morning quickie because, I mean, they knew that he was going to be out at least for the first half of this series. And there was a real possibility, and there still is a possibility, that he doesn't play at all. So you don't get to throw the Kevin Durant card up if you were calling for a Warrior sweep or the Warriors in five. You knew the you knew Durant was out. And you were the same Schmohawks who were saying, well, maybe the Warriors are better without Kevin Durant. Did you watch them against Portland, even though they kept getting down by double digits against a pretty mediocre team or a pretty average team, all things considered, uh, at least when it comes to you know late in the NBA playoffs? They didn't even have, you know, they don't need Kevin Durant. They're better. They got Steph Curry, Splash Brother. So you don't get to turn around and use that as an excuse. Plus, uh, there's this thing called fatigue, which all season long you've had to see from the Warriors. Like, when you play a bunch of extra games, like the, the Warriors have played, a, you know, an extra what? Basically an extra 20 games per season for five years. I mean, that, that adds up. That's uh, over a season. Fatigue happens. People get banged up. The Warriors were banged up coming into this series. DeMarcus Cousins obviously hurt. Kevin Durant obviously hurt. Andre Iguodala limping around. Now, sure, Clay Thompson, you didn't maybe didn't see that coming, but you don't get to use it as an excuse because that's what happens when you got old, old playoff-tested bodies. I know Clay Thompson's only 29, but man, he's been through it. So we'll see if the Warriors get back, uh, you know, two stars for Game Four. I mean, they need them. I know that they, you know they could theoretically get them back for Game Five, down three-one, and have a chance. Like you'll feel good, but or you'll feel like you'll have you'll have a chance at least. But I mean, you don't want to have to do that, win three in a row, especially with two in Toronto. Really looking forward to uh, Game Four on Friday. Like I said, Kevin Durant supposed to maybe get on the scrimmage court today, which would help him obviously as he tries to play in Game Four. A huge, huge revelation. Maybe should have led the show. Huge revelation last night in the basketball world as Paul Pierce finally admits what happened game one of the 2008 finals. If you remember the 2008 finals, you know what I'm talking about, the wheelchair game where Paul Pierce gets carted off the court. Looks like his knee shattered. All of a sudden, he comes back not too long after and starts hitting threes and then whips the crowd into a frenzy. Well, Paul Pierce on TV last night finally admitted, no, guys, it wasn't my knee. I just shit on myself. Boy drama at all costs. Paul here, 11 years ago today, wheelchaired off the floor for reasons he will keep to himself. (laughs) I have a confession to make. Whoa. I just had to go to a bathroom. I need a wheelchair. I had to go to the bathroom. Why did you need a wheelchair to get to the bathroom? It was that bad. Something went down. I had to do it. You were streaking. Okay, hey, dude. Credit to Paul Pierce for finally coming clean. It always seemed fishy. I thought maybe he was just uh, a diva. Even at the time, you knew something was up. Like, yeah, really, you got wheelchaired off. It came back like ten minutes later. Basically, uh, people have been, you know, theorizing about this for a long time. There's been a lot of Reddit posts devoted to it. Uh, deep dive investigations on the internet. 
He finally came clean. Hopefully, Paul Pierce can now uh, maybe not suck at his job as much and have some type of peace of mind now that he admitted that he's a phony and that he just pooped his pants uh, on the court. A little bit of baseball news. Craig Kimbrell to the Chicago Cubs as he signs a three-year, $43 million deal. Kimbrell uh, had been waiting for a big contract. and you know, In the offseason, he was thinking, hey, I want, I want $100 million. Then everyone realized, well, that's that's really stupid. You're not getting $100 million. Uh, but after seven months of kind of just waiting, Kimbrell will earn $10 million this season, $16 million in 2020 and 21. There is a $1 million club buyout for, uh, vesting option on the fourth year. I don't really know what that means. Uh, but the, the Cubs need some bullpen help. And they get Kimbrell. Now, they'll see. Kimbrell should be rested. You know, last year, he he struggled towards the end of last year. But, you know, it was the end of last year. And he was on fumes. But now they have him coming in fresh. And he is, you know, among the lowest relievers in MLB history with at least 300 innings pitched. He has a 1.91 ERA. He has 333 saves, 868 strikeouts, and just 532 innings. His rate of 14.7 strikeouts per nine innings is the best among major league pitchers with at least 500 innings. Uh, They needed help, and they got Craig Kimbrell, so he's headed to Chicago. We'll keep an eye on that, obviously, uh, once basketball ends and we're all kind of stuck with nothing but baseball. Some NFL news, Le'Veon Bell. Just signed in New York on the practice field, all that, blah, blah, blah. There's been some, well, does New York actually want him? Are they having buyer's remorse because they fired the GM? Adam Gase didn't want to spend that much money. Been a weird been a weird last two years for Le'Veon Bell, so this story's not going to surprise you. But Le'Veon Bell's girlfriends apparently robbed him down in, uh, down in Miami. Uh, apparently they... They stole more than half a million dollars in jewelry from Le'Veon Bell and then dipped. And now the cops can't find them. They're looking for them. But Le'Veon Bell, over $520,000 worth of jewelry stolen out of his Miami home by what they're calling his girlfriends. I don't know if that means friends that are girls, but I don't think it does. I think Le'Veon Bell had two girlfriends living with him. He was gone away from the house. And when he got back, so was his jewelry. And his closet had been thrown all over the place. They got him. They robbed him. Got him good. Hit a lick. He signed a, I believe, it was a thirty-five million dollar deal, or no, it was a fifty-two million dollar deal. Uh, but I mean, he didn't play for, you know, over a year. It's not like he's got money to blow. I mean, I know he's got a lot of it, but he probably still needs to uh, be careful. Uh, half a million dollars gone. Those are the sports stories of the day. Let's get to a couple of uh, things from the business world. Amazon, Amazon's drone delivery service is one step closer to taking flight. The Federal Aviation Administration recently issued Amazon Prime Air a special certificate to test their latest drones. Um, Amazon executive Jeff Wilk said the service will be ready to deliver drones to customers, quote, within months. The newest drone from Amazon will be able to fly up to 15 miles and is capable of delivering packages under five pounds in less than 30 minutes. 
For now, Amazon certificate will only cover testing. So it's not like they're going to hit the road just yet until they get proven. And they have a year on this permit to figure it out. Then they can, of course, get it renewed. But yeah, one step closer to, to I guess, at least getting simple things, like they said, under five pounds to you. Which I don't know how I feel about all these drones flying around. I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm partial to the uh, the mailman driver, the UPS driver, if you will. My mom drives for UPS, so I don't want them to be able to get at least the heavy packages. The UPS and uh, the postal service, or at least UPS, I saw also working on some drones. So uh, it's coming. It's just a matter of when, not if. When they get this done, and you see these little robots. Buzzing around, dropping things off at your door, running into your power line pole and getting electrocuted and cutting the power off at your house. That's what's going to happen, or getting attacked by dogs. All of a sudden, your your drone's flying and your dog sees it. And your dog takes it down. Next thing you know, your your ten dollar book from Amazon. Uh, cost you $5,000 when you take down their drone and no one's happy about this or you have people shooting them down or, or kidnapping them. Yeah, I said kidnapping them. I know they're not children. I know they're not humans, but you know what I mean. We'll see. Uh, today is the 75 year anniversary of D-Day. In the news yesterday was a pretty cool story. Tom Rice, a 97 year old army veteran uh, returned to the fields of France Wednesday. He was a part of, I think, a group of almost 200 people who parachuted out of a plane. Uh, he made the same jump he made 75 years ago. Really cool video, really cool story. Uh, he got out. You could tell he was proud. He said, hey, I, re- I represent a whole generation. I represent a whole generation. Rice is one of 200 parachutists who reenacted the jumps on D-Day to prepare the battlefield for the D-Day invasion, the largest beach assault ever undertaken. Pretty cool story, pretty cool video. Uh, if you haven't seen it, maybe check it out. All right, that's all the stories I got for you today. That was the Morning Quickie. Enjoy your Thursday. We'll do it again tomorrow. If you're enjoying these, if you're enjoying these, A, go register, uh, go subscribe, I guess I should say, on iTunes. Leave me a five-star review unless you're a hater, and if you're a hater, I don't want you listening anyways. Uh, But leave me a five-star review, subscribe, talk about it on social media, share it, say, hey, I love the morning quick, John. You don't have to say pause, it's okay. People will know what you're talking about. If not, they'll be curious. Uh, If you really enjoy it, patreon.com slash reedsranch, $2 a month. Uh, Lowest $2 a month, you could say, hey, John, I appreciate it. I fuck with you. It's good content. Support the movement. All right, that's it. See you Friday.